Welcome, listeners, to another episode of Talking Addiction and Recovery Podcast. My name is Andrew J. Schreier, and I am your host. Here, as always, to talk about issues related to both addiction and recovery. And today's episode, we're going to start out with a question right away. Is Have you ever wondered what it would be like for all your thoughts to be recorded and then played out loud for you to listen to? Well, this episode is going to dive into why that could be really beneficial. In addiction and recovery treatment, there are a lot of different models of therapy, techniques, and approaches that emphasize the need to pay attention to our feelings and express them. You know, we need to feel them after alcohol and drugs has provided a numbing escape for so long. We talk about coping skills that we need to use in order to deal with those feelings. We discuss paying attention to feelings and learning how to identify what they are. We emphasize like the need to find healthy, like effective coping skills to express our feelings, such as like journaling or talking to a friend, a peer, or a sponsor. We talk about verbalizing and expressing our feelings a lot in substance use recovery and treatment, but also even with mental health. Question is, is it just as important to do with our thoughts? You know, what's the problem with keeping our thoughts solely in our minds? And there's two main reasons that come to mind. And the first is rumination. And rumination is that dwelling on things, repeatedly thinking about things over and over, becoming preoccupied with something that you can't get out of your mind. You know, rumination can lead to a lot of anxiety and emotional distress, you know, a lot of the the what if questions. So part of it is by keeping all those thoughts in our minds, it can be just a nonstop cycle without any ending to it or escape from the loop. The second concern is that thoughts remaining in your head and not being voiced or expressed as they build up, they impact our emotion, and they'll eventually lead to an action or behavior. Sometimes those ruminating thoughts are not ones we want to make decisions off of. So while we, all, we often talk about the need to express our feelings and emotions, the messages we sometimes give about expressing our thoughts are contradictory. We will say things like, well, be careful with your words. Watch what you say. If you don't have anything to nice, nice to say, don't say it at all. Because of those messages, we tell people to keep those thoughts in your head. Now, there's a big difference between expressing your thoughts and taking action. I do believe when you say something, you are taking action. And we can be held accountable for what we say and what we do. I share that all the time with clients and patients. So... Yes, you do want to be careful with what you say, but that doesn't mean suppress all your thoughts. And we don't talk about that enough. We talk about suppressing your feelings, numbing your feelings, escaping, avoiding. But what do you do with your thoughts? Suppressing your thoughts will often have that same impact as to what happens when we suppress our emotions. We don't tell people to suppress your anger because of now wanting you to take your anger out on someone by hitting them, for example. But you need a way to address your anger and express it so it doesn't cause harm for yourself or others. My whole point of this topic and episode is the underlying belief 
that simply voicing our thoughts in a healthy way has benefits. Without needing to do too much or anything additional, simply finding ways to voice them and hear them can already have its benefits. And I'll tell you an, an experience that really led me to believing this and thinking about it more often and paying too attention to it. I remember we were meeting for a clinical peer group where we processed how we're doing with cases and and being therapists as well as you know creating a space where we can share techniques and, and tools and therapies we've used. During one meeting, I remember a therapist talked about a client they had. And for most of the sessions, the therapist reported that the client did a majority of the talking, like 90%. The therapist stated that the client came to sessions, talked a lot, and he mostly used, you know, basic counseling skills, you know, summarizing, paraphrasing, you know, just asking some basic questions. And then after a few sessions, the the client stopped attending. And the therapist reported that a few months later, he received a card, like thanking him for all he did. In this group, he shared that he believed he really didn't do anything at all to help. You know, he thought he didn't do anything. You know, the, the client that did a lot of the talking did so much of the work, and he really felt like he didn't have to do much. He just sat there and listened. He just sat there and gave you know words of summarizing, asking questions, but just creating an environment where the client can sit and share. I told him not to underestimate the value of creating a safe space to talk and feel comfortable sharing. I also believe that if she was doing a majority of the talking, she was actually able to listen and hear her thoughts out loud that probably helped her to understand some of the things, process what was going on, even question her own thinking, and all those things that you can't really do when those thoughts stay in your mind. You know, so why why can't this be done when it's in our heads? It's not to say that it can't be done. It's just more difficult of a task to do in comparison to voicing them. I mean, think about it for that for a moment. How often do we believe our thoughts might be misleading, negative, harmful, you know, hearing your thoughts can be different once they get out of your head. Thinking your thoughts and hearing your thoughts can be two different things. And a really powerful quote that that highlights the importance of this is from John Kabat-Zinn, very big into mindfulness and and really one of the the founders to bring mindfulness, you know, to the attention that it has today. And here's a quote that really captures one of the reasons why hearing your thoughts is important as opposed to just thinking them. Our thoughts are just thoughts, not the truth of things, and certainly not accurate representations of who we are. In being seen and known, they cannot but self-liberate, and we are, in that moment, liberated from them. So one of the things we have to 
look at is that our own thinking and our thoughts might not be very accurate. And I love that part of, there's a Realize Prevention Workbook that I use that goes into things of like meditations about just seeing thoughts and thoughts and paying attention to them, but you know, letting them go. There are plenty of times in counseling sessions in which giving someone a safe space to voice their thoughts without worrying about being judged or criticized is extremely helpful. They'll start to talk about something, and before I jump in, before I even have to say anything, they will recognize a thought and say, that doesn't sound right, does it? Or they will say, that doesn't sound good. Sound right? Sound good? That's the connection right there. That doesn't sound right or doesn't sound good won't happen if your thoughts don't have a voice. Those are sessions where I sit back and they are just expressing their thoughts and also questioning them. They're looking into them. They come out and say, you know, that was really helpful where I could talk about it but also recognize where there was maybe some faults in my thinking or maybe at the time that wasn't right. When you keep it in your head... It's not that easy to do. Here's another great example that, that helps illustrate it. In the sitcom The Office, there's an episode titled Counseling, which is in Season 7, Episode 2. I'm trying to get better at giving the exact season and episode number so that people can look it up. But in it, Michael Scott, played by Steve Carell, is assigned to hours of counseling with Toby Flunderson, after he physically reprimands his his nephew. And Michael can't stand Toby. Their relationship is toxic, so it's it's humorous that Toby, who works in HR, happens to have, you know, his counseling degree or certification. And that's who he gets to go see. And Michael really refuses to speak to Toby. And throughout the episode, there's a little back and forth going on between the two. But after a while, Toby starts to engage Michael with playing games. Now, I've mostly done this when working with kids. But if you've seen the show, you can see why this will work with Michael. So, suddenly they're playing cards. And while they're doing this, Michael talks about a dog that ran away. And Toby asks, you know, why did that stop you from going to the park? And Michael said he was, gonna, he was afraid that he would go to the park to find his dog playing with a kid he liked better. And Toby's response is, you know, dogs don't do that. And Michael acknowledges that. Michael says, you know, you're right. And this is the another an amazing reflection on how this is so important. He says, when I hear myself say that, it's ridiculous. But I never said it out loud. Just watch that episode and you'll see exactly what I'm pointing to with that difference between he thought that way for so long and believed that and that prevented him from going back and then all of a sudden hearing it, it makes a whole lot more different perspective and viewpoint on it. You really need 
to find ways to be able to hear your thoughts because keeping them in your mind makes it difficult to really address and understand them. Addressing thoughts, thinking patterns, paying attention to thinking, what were you thinking, what are you thinking? I mean, there's these are some of the aspects of counseling that I really enjoy most. You know, I'll ask someone in session, what are you thinking right now? This might be after having a conversation with them about something, confronting them about concern, talking about something they might be having difficulty with, and there'll be a moment of silence where you can just see like the wheels turning. So I'll ask, you know, what are you thinking or what's going on in there? After a few moments, they'll say something and they'll say, oh, well, I was thinking about, and my response is usually, you know, that was probably your fourth or fifth thought that you had. Or maybe that's like a summary that they're telling me about what they were thinking. But I really wanted to know what was like their first initial thought they had. You know, most of the time the individual is somewhat, you know, apprehensive or hesitant about saying what their initial thoughts were because maybe they weren't the nicest, the best, or the most accurate, the most polite, or even most appropriate. And I say, I don't care what it was, just say the thoughts you had right away and there are a lot of exercises that in substance use treatment you do where you actually literally write out your thoughts and you tell someone to write down all the thoughts they had exactly the way they were thinking them I'll look at ones and say you know this doesn't sound like you I tell people you know be real you know be genuine be authentic and recognizing your thoughts you surely try it sometime you know when something happens to you just in an everyday life situation. Write down as many thoughts as you can about what you had right after that happened. And then challenge yourself even further by reading them out loud and see what a difference it makes to hear them. And and writing them down is one way to do it. A lot of therapies and techniques work on you know, tracking your thoughts, logging them. But there's there's also other ways you got to be able to to hear them and recognize sometimes that difference in just the vocal aspect of hearing thoughts. One technique I use is called, I call it the Your Honor. And this one I got to give credit to my cousin who does, does stand up and he does improv. Um, he really introduced me to this this idea where there was something that just sounded so ridiculous that you pretend that you are the lawyer representing like that thought or that idea. And when you try and do that in that context of, you know, I'm, I'm defending this, how ridiculous it may sound. So... There are moments when a client or a patient is explaining something to me about what they were thinking. And maybe they're talking about a relapse, a recent use, um, justifying or rationalizing something they did. After they voice their thoughts, you know, I'll put it back on them. You know, I'll sit there and I'll go, all right, let me let me back you up here. Let's pretend we're in a courtroom and I am representing your thoughts to the judge. And based on what you said. You want me to go up there and say, Your Honor, and share their exact thoughts. So then I will look at them and say, How do you think that's going to go over? You know, so for example, if I have someone tell me they don't have a drinking problem and their thinking is because everybody else does it, 
you know, do you really think that's going to work? That's what you want me to work with? You want me to go up there and say, Your Honor, everybody else does it. Case closed. When I do that, the response is, is often comical because they will say more oftentimes than not, well, no, I wouldn't want you to say that. And my response is, well, that's that's what you're thinking. I mean, do you hear how that sounds? You know, other examples, you know, would be, your honor, it's just a little. Your honor, it's only cocaine. It's not like it's heroin. Your honor, she didn't want to deal with it. Your honor, he thought he would get away with it. Those are the thoughts that that we do have in our minds. Those are the thoughts that lead to using. And when we don't confront them and we don't find a way to really look at them and hear them, those thoughts often lead to behavior. So yes, it's just a little. It's only cocaine. It's not like it's heroin. She didn't want to deal with it. He thought he could get away with it. Those are all thoughts that when you let those stir and ruminate and build, and now we're leading to impacting the emotional, you know, that, that window zone of tolerance I've talked about before, and all of a sudden anxiety's getting ramped up or you're starting to, to not be able to manage those emotions that's going to lead to a behavior or an action. Even though this approach is, is comical, you know, with an attempt at humor, sometimes bringing it out that way helps to show how ridiculous our thinking can be. And we need to be able to find ways to do that and verbalize them to get a better understanding of what we are thinking and whether this is a thought or thoughts we really want to act on. Because when it comes down to it, when we do act on those thoughts, then we are put in positions where we then have to try and justify or defend our thinking. Now, once we are in that position, we realize that that, that doesn't sound good. Well, why doesn't it sound good? Because now we're vocalizing it, we're talking about it, we're addressing it. When you keep it in your mind... You can't do that as well. So, you know, the, the your honor is one of the few times where I get to pretend to be a lawyer. But instead of feeling as if I had to defend my client, I actually get to show them how sometimes their thinking does need some changing. You know, so why is this important? Because ultimately we need to make sure that our thoughts aren't going to stir up some emotions that are going to lead to some behaviors that are harmful or destructive. In the field of substance use and recovery, those are thoughts that, to, that can lead to using again. In anger management, those are thoughts that can lead to harming someone or causing damage. When it comes to anxiety, and other mental health issues, that's what can lead to, you know, emotional dysregulation. 
So with all these issues, it's not only just about paying attention to thinking, but we're really looking at a shift in now expressing our thoughts or voicing them so we can hear them. Now, a reminder, once again, that doesn't mean that it's about just saying whatever you want, expressing whatever you want, and believing there should be no consequence. Absolutely not. What it means is that we've sent the message so often to watch what you say and express what you feel that we also forgot to look at the importance of, of expressing our thoughts, verbalizing them, putting a voice to those thoughts to see, does that make sense? Is that something I'm going to make a decision off of? So in all those areas, whether it is substance use, whether it is mental health, you know, whether it is gambling or some other behavior, paying attention to those thoughts are important. But the big challenge and next step to take to really help yourself with relapse prevention, you know, not going back to using, avoiding putting yourselves in risky situations and around risky people is finding a way to verbalize those thoughts can make a significant difference. So what can we do when it comes to hearing our own thoughts? And I have three simple applicable tips to no five. I have five actually to try and get you to just try it and get into that habit. So number one, recognize that your thoughts are important. They play an important role in how we feel and the, the formula of what we do. If you don't learn to recognize your thoughts, you are going to be acting before you know it. Many people can probably attest to doing something that was, quote, you know, my bad, or I shouldn't have done that. And if you traced back their thinking, it was probably based on some thoughts that weren't helpful. Number two, look at the difference between thinking your thoughts and hearing your thoughts. I guarantee you will notice a difference. Hearing them can be different than simply thinking them. You need to have a Michael moment where you kind of recognize that some of the thoughts that you had, once you say them out loud, it might sound ridiculous. It might sound funny. It might sound like, you know, why I can't believe I thought that or why would I think that? It's a lot better and more humbling to catch it that way as opposed to being in the opposite side, which is you have those thoughts, you experience those emotions, you make those decisions. Now you have to defend your thinking. And with the what the Your Honor taught us is that when, it's, when it comes time to defend your thinking that way, it is very hard to do. 
Number three, find ways to record your thoughts. You know, write them down on a piece of paper or speak them into a recording device. You know, right now with smartphone apps and tablets and computers, you know, there are a lot of easily accessible ways of recording our thoughts. Um, when I was moving, I found the old tape recorder that back in the day we used to use for verbally putting down notes after sessions. And nowadays there's so many different options for how to like record that just speaking into some kind of app or device and hearing your thoughts is very accessible. So take advantage of those while they are there. Number four, after you record your thoughts, listen to them. Man, hear what you're thinking. You know, after recording them, actually verbalize them and listen to them. If you wrote them down, say them out loud. You know, if you recorded them into some device, go back and actually play it. Take that time to really look at the difference between when I was writing them down and when I'm hearing them. Man, is there is there a difference here? Am I looking at it and saying that, yeah, maybe that isn't something I want to act on or go make a decision off of? Number five, find other ways to verbalize and hear your thoughts. Counseling is a phenomenal place to do that. Talking with friends and support peers is another great way to do that. Uh, Singing is a great way to do that. I remember, you know, a lot of kids that I worked with would, you know, when I worked with inner city kids, a lot of them would write music and one of the things that was great was being able to have them write music and they would share with me and part of it would really help them to pick out things about their thinking and what they were feeling along those lines and to process it and see you know is that something that I want to do does this make sense and sometimes it was very helpful in someone being able to hear their thoughts that they were keeping inside their minds so often. I do believe it's one of the reasons why people, you know, say coming to counseling is really helpful. You know, I always say the the number one goal is to provide an individual with a safe space to talk, to not feel judged, to not feel ridiculed, to not feel ashamed where there's not going to be someone just, you know, condemning them or criticizing everything they say. That's really crucial when you can sit down with someone and share what's going on in your mind. And when you can do that, you are able to hear what's going on and better address what those thoughts are. It, even if I don't talk a lot in a session and I got someone talking a lot, but they're able to do that, it is it is amazing to see that unfold. It's amazing to see them catch themselves with their thinking or to say to themselves, you know, that that probably wasn't the best thing to do, was it? Or the best thing to say, 
man, I don't know what I was thinking. When they can express that in a safe place, you're able to do that more effectively. So finding these ways to listen to them more often and more frequently is really beneficial. I really just want to conclude this episode by encouraging you to do this. Find a way to record your thoughts and listen to them. What was your experience? What did you find out? Was it helpful? Was it harmful? Did it give you a moment to think more before acting? Did it help you to recognize that part of your thinking may have been off a little? Did it help you to hear them as opposed to just thinking about them? With all the work I've done in the profession of counseling and working with substance use and mental health, I've seen this have significant benefits without really causing any harm. Hearing your thoughts can be a difference maker in comparison to just thinking about them. I hope you learned something. Until next time.